podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. In this episode, Energy Live News' Jeff Curran speaks with Joel Stark, Managing Director of Energy Data and Analytics Company, Stark, as they discuss the impact of COVID-19 on the UK's energy sector and smart meter rollouts, the wider impact of the pandemic, and much more. Hello, I'm Jeff Curran from Energy Live News, and I'm joined by Joel Stark of Stark. And today we're discussing, is the COVID-19 situation a reset for the UK smart meter program? Uh, hello, Joel. It's uh, good to uh, to be talking with you. Um, how are you and the family? You all well? Safe? Yes, thank you. Uh, just about coping. Uh, homeschooling and working from home is, you know, unique presents unique challenges for us all. Absolutely. I, I only have my daughter on, on a number of days, so it's a lot easier. So I, I, I just had the loneliness of the, uh, I was going to say the uh, the long distance runner, but more the, the long distance interneter. Um, how are the team getting on? Well, I think we've made that transition um, from being, you know, 200 odd people based in a number of offices and with a kind of pretty decent sized field force into 100% working from home. Um, unfortunately, you know, paused all field operations. I mean, it's, it's been massive. It's been massive change for everyone. I guess it's gone as well as it could have done. That's um, good. I think we recognise that you know we're not alone in this, and lots of businesses are going through exactly the same scenario. Um, but so far, um, so good. I think. Uh, good. Thank goodness, actually, for the technology that we've got that allows us to do a lot of this stuff. Just before we get into that discussion around the, the UK Smart Meter Programme, just, just give us a very brief description of what Stark does as a company. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're a, we are, and primarily what we try and do is give customers great energy data and great analytics. Now, to be able to do that, we have a load of different capabilities from, you know, making network connections through to installing and maintaining meters. Um, but, you know, where we're really different, I guess, is we probably put a lot of emphasis on you know retrieving data from metering systems remotely processing it distributing it publishing it and providing a kind of analytics wrap around it that lets all sorts of energy market participants do what do their jobs better um, we've actually been around for ages you know founded in 1981 uh, but again we've always we've we've been working to operate metering platforms and operate and you know manage big energy data uh, for decades so so we know a bit about metering I uh, know a bit about smart metering in particular um, I should say our focus has always been on larger consumers businesses public sector organizations that's where uh, you know organizations with slightly more sophisticated or complicated energy requirements we can we can help them help them understand their energy consumption you know demand shifting opportunities help suppliers you know bill accurately um, help DNOs understand network performance and help settlement do settlement. So we sit in the middle of all of those participants. So you sort of you understand meters and the data behind it. Yeah, no, I think that that yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, okay, let's get into this discussion actually. So I mean, for probably most of the people that will be listening to uh, to us and to this podcast, most of them are quite aware that the UK's going through a, a, a big operation at the moment in terms of rolling out smart meters across the country. Um, what, how do you feel it's going? It's been a long story. Um, the you know, We've been operating smart equivalent metering, I should say, since the 90s. Right. Now, this programme that the, that the government's led, the, the smart metering 
implementation program started as an idea probably 2008. So we're a long way, we're a long way since its conception. I mean, where we are in 2020 is really unique because like so many industries, you know, COVID puts the brakes on uh, that kind of field-based domestic premise interaction. So where we're at today, rightly, because of, you know, concerns about the safety of our people and our customers and as an industry, very, very few smart metering installations are going on. Uh, so I'd say that program's effectively on pause right now right. in terms of the field activity. And, and let's be fair, it, it, was, it, was, it was behind already, wasn't it? Well, you know, I, kind of, I, th I, think, I think everyone understands why we're on pause today. Um, but yes. if you do helicopter back a bit, um, you know, that this is a program that's kind of lurched from uh, crisis to crisis, if I'm honest. Um, some of it's been about delivery. Um, some of it's about, I think, oversight and management. Um, and some of it's about, you know, the kind of the policy framework that, it, that it's kind of sat within. I think, I think um, you know, it, it look, when you look at a lot of stuff that happens in energy, you know, that this program looks slightly anomalous, really. Um, is it worth me describing it briefly about what it's trying to do? And the stuff it? Yeah, I think it would be, actually. Let's get into a little bit of that. So you touched on about two or three sort of things there. So, um, I mean, I touched on the fact that it's running late and it's going to run even yeah. later now. Um, but let's go into maybe, you know, is it fit for purpose, this, this well, programme we have? Yeah, I mean, look, in terms of, you know, running late, etc., now, this is a program that tries to replace 53 million meters in the UK. Originally tried to do it by 2019, then by 2020. Now we're at 85% by 2024 is the current date. So you can see delay after delay after delay. Now, why has that happened? Well, um, it's a complex program for starters, and it's got a very, very broad, the breadth of its ambitions have been broad from the outset. So it's not just looking at let's say prepayment metering or credit metering, but it's also domestic and smaller non-domestic classes of metering. And all of these are quite heterogeneous customer sets. That built a kind of big technology ask, I think, into, into the programme. And we layered on, um, you know, quite heavy security requirements and protocols on top of that, uh, you know, worried about, um, you know, cyber, the cyber threat that that kind of platform should have. Uh, and that led to a sort of structure of this program, which I, you know, as you, you kind of asked me about at the beginning, which I think is slightly anomalous to what normally happens in, in, in our market. You know, we've got a vibrant electricity market in the UK because we encourage uh, and create a platform for competition at all levels of that energy stack, really, uh, or as many as are feasible. Now, yes. the, the, the smart metering program, actually, the, the kind of core technology part of it is part of a centralised monopoly called the Data Communications Company. That's a, a company which is, which is operated by Capita and manages the communications to metering and the processing of metering data through um, three large subcontractors with big IT companies at the heart of it, CGI, uh, Telefonica and Arkiva for comms, CGI for data. Now, if you look at how that, and this is a big proportion of the fixed costs of the program, uh, and if I'm blunt, uh, it's, it's, it's not been well controlled. It's not been well managed. Uh, it's now running at twice the costs that it's supposed to be doing. And I'm not talking hundreds of millions of pounds. This is an endeavour that was meant to be two billion. We're now expecting to incur four billion of, of, of fixed costs in this program from that 
that entity. And that bill's likely to be going up, I'm assuming, uh, where we're standing or where we sit now. Okay. Well, I think I think whatever happens in terms of the rate of delivery, uh, you've, you're wearing those costs. And what that means is that the overall cost benefit of the overall enterprise becomes a bit shaky, if I'm honest. So right. even before COVID, the, the smart metering program as a whole, because it's got you know, massive fixed costs in these entities like DCC, had a cost benefit ratio of about 1.44, I think, benefits of 19 billion versus costs of 13 billion, 6 billion pounds present value. But 1.44 is the number that you'd look for as a kind of regulatory, a political economist, if you like. Yes. And that is, that is in the government's own kind of analysis, that is a low value for money enterprise. Because we've got a break on installs now, you can, and that means the benefits of this program are probably getting pushed further out, that's only going to get worse. So, so actually, yeah. just can I stop you there? Let, yeah. So when it was first set up, the program, it was set up to to release what benefits? So let's talk through the benefits. Let's let's have some positive and then and then. But it sounds like we're not going to get those either. No, I've I've jumped into you know hammering DCC. I should have started by saying that look, actually we love next generation metering. Uh, we're we, you know we love metering. There probably aren't many companies in the UK that can say that. No, you are quite sad. Yeah. It's fair to say. Yeah, we're very <laughs> and we're very geeky. Uh, and we love data and we love the services that it unlocks, whether you're talking about you know, domestic and non-domestic demand side response, unlocking flexibility in the grid, uh, unlocking, you know, providing the pathway to time of use tariffs that mean that we can have more engagement in the home and more creativity around tariffing and pricing uh, and all the kind of, you know, not only energy cost but carbon related benefits that that's going to drive. You know, we're advocates of that. We're evangelists of it actually and have been for have been for decades so uh, we we actually you know passionate about having call it next generation but you know, yeah next generation metering in all in all homes and businesses in the uk uh, has to be a good thing you know the data that that platform frees if you like or liberates is going to be massively powerful um, to all sorts of participants i mean we're, we're looking at a net zero world aren't we, we you know we've obviously got re- legislation 2050 we're going to be net zero are we saying that we need this smart meter program to to effectively yeah. release that? You can't do it without. Right, I would say. You, 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 you know, it. We know, you know, speaking from businesses, you know, you can't manage energy effectively uh, without having an accurate understanding of your um, consumption and demand. You can't do that without having um, metering infrastructure that's fit for purpose. You know, that you can interrogate remotely, that gives you granular data, I mean, and. That we've known about that you know for decades for businesses and the same logic applies you know to smaller businesses certainly uh, and you know and to domestic premises as well so so yes put next generation metering in absolutely but try and do it that you know that that objective is is one that we welcome uh, our challenge in the uk is we've fallen into a structure and a program that is probably not going to do that in a way that offers value for money and actually might make some of those benefits harder to realize and harder to capture than otherwise right so in effect we've got a a very complex project and it's beginning to look very expensive exactly exactly that you've done it again which is (laughs) summarized but i quite like the detail joel i like the detail behind it because actually i think this is really useful for the listener to understand 
um, you know, you're like you said, you're a geek, you're a data geek, you're a meter geek, and and actually you're able to go, look, we think this is a great idea, but we just think it may be, you know, in fact, let's let's look at it then. If if I was putting you in charge, I could give you the magic wand. What would you do to to enable it to to work better to to give us those benefits? Well, I, th- I think I think what, what you know what we're worried about is that you've got these very you know big IT at the heart of the program with a centralised monopoly, and the and it's incurring a lot of costs and it's yeah. failed today. You know, just give you a right. fl- I know you didn't ask me this directly, Jeff, but I'll tell you just just to show you how it's failed. Right at the moment, yeah. we've got fourteen million Smets one meters in. And maybe four million SMETs two meters in. That's the first generation smart metering and second generation smart metering. Now, the first generation smart metering, they're not interoperable, meaning if you move your meter, or if you change supplier rather, your meter will no longer operate in smart mode. You'll never get access to that data. You'll probably be on estimated bills. You'll never get to that. <laughs> it, it, it's that bad. That sort of defeats the purpose that now, we were talking about. Now, DCC, part of what DCC is supposed to do is take those 14 million. Uh, and uh, it's called an, in a process called enrollment and adoption, take over the management of them and take those issues away. Now, it hasn't managed to do that, and it's 2020. Right? These meters have been going in since 2010. It's not a new product. Yeah. Simultaneously, they've launched a next generation, you know, this SMETS 2 metering, which, which is interoperable and is completely operated by DCC. But again, you know, we, at the end of the day, you've got far less than 50% of households have even got either flavor of those meters so the delivery is still challenging yes we've got a kind of technology uh, work stream that's not doing the basics effectively it's not doing taking on that first generation of metering and giving customers the benefits that they deserve and that they've paid for right and as well as kind of delivery challenges you know it's hard to persuade people the, at the moment it's hard to persuade people to but well, certainly today no one's getting a smart meter no if it wasn't for covid it's getting harder, not easier to put these things on the wall to persuade consumers to have that take time out of their day to do it. So the dynamic, the unfortunate dynamic that you get in is you've got a body sitting in the middle that's very, very expensive. You know, costs are 100 percent of what they were originally bid to be. You're at four billion pounds, not two billion pounds. Yeah. Uh, and it's desperately looking for a means of of, I guess, justifying that cost what what it tends to drive you towards is well maybe we can allow this entity to do more things and capture more value and therefore support the whole business case that we're trying to deliver right um, so which for me would be that and that's the thing that i think is very is the most uh, distressing if you like uh, because you asked me you asked me, you asked me how i can fix this right? yes yeah. So, how would you fix it? So, would you get rid of the DCC, or would you? We are. We are. We are where we are, right? And they've invested yeah. hundreds and hundreds of taxpayer pounds into this entity, uh, and they do some things well, but they need to focus on their knitting. They need to focus on Smets one and Smets two metering. Let's make that work, right? Yeah. Um, and what I would do is is absolutely restrict their activity to you know getting great data from you know, the metering that we've spent 10 years developing. Do that really well. Yeah. Get it across to all the right industry participants so we can start realising some benefits. Fantastic. Yes. Now, what I wouldn't do is allow the, uh, you know, the scope to creep gradually into more and more areas that sit outside of that. You know, you know, when your only solution is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we looking a lot at kind of um, EV charge point uh, metering arrangements and how we as an industry benefit from the data, uh, yes. or, you know, meet the requirements to get data from those as, you know, this is the, this is the big transformative event for our electricity system, frankly. Well, it's going to be massive, isn't it? I mean, if you, if you think of how many EVs that we're forecast to look at, it's actually going to make the smart meter pro program look, <laughs> look like small. Well, absolutely. And what you want to have is you want to have a vibrant UK technology sector that is innovating in that space and trying to get the right kind of solutions and trying to deliver, you know, real kind of um, proportionate load control, real time kind of load control services. That's something you want to kind of foster innovation in. What you don't want to do is the kind of thing that might happen with DCC or they they would like to see happen, which is that whole infrastructure just gets falls again into this into the remit of this centralised monopoly. So you don't get, uh, frankly, you don't get the benefits to the UK energy technical technology players, but also you risk you're making another bet on an organisation that, frankly, has got enough challenges on its plate already and right. would benefit from sticking to its knitting. So very long way of saying, Jeff, I'll try and... <laughs> Is it, like, you want to limit the scope and allow yes. it to focus on its knitting. That's the first thing. Yeah. Second thing you want to do is you want to make sure that the costs in this piece are properly policed and governed. There probably isn't enough central, you know, treasury oversight of the costs in this program. It's got very, very expensive. It's very, very late. The National Audit Office looked at it in 2018. They made the, the, you know, may make some salient points about undercooking the risks of this program, undercooking the technical, the technical complexity of the program. It needs proper governance and oversight. Right. And I, I guess. You know, it's great people working in Offgem and in Bays, um, but this is quite a lot to handle. I think we'd like to see a little bit more treasury involvement and a little bit better governance of the costs as they're incurred because it's right. a little bit because it's not you know government spending. Yeah, we pay as energy consumers for this. Everything that goes on this program just ends up on your bill. Okay, now see so you've 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 mentioned you've mentioned the thing that always gets me gets my rankles up, which is so I I was going to ask who's paying for it, and now you've already told me. Well, Me yeah. as a taxpayer, you yeah. as a taxpayer, everyone that's listening as taxpayers is paying for this. And, and you know, it, it's an important investment for the UK, right? We are going to build yeah, something that's going to benefit the country. Um, but, you know, because it's not funded through direct taxation, you know, you don't see it on the government's balance sheet. It's funded through your energy bill. Right. So it's kind of like it's slightly it's less transparent than it would be if it was a government led program. Right. Uh, let's put it that way. Yes, uh, and part of the problem with that, part of the problem with it, you know the costs of this program landing on the bill is that again, uh, the, the transparency over costs are limited. So we would like to see it very clearly articulated on your bill what right. you're paying, but what you're paying for this. Yes, how much you paid for your meter? Yes. How much you paid for your installation? Yes. How much you're paying? You know the banks who lend the money to the suppliers yeah. to fund that installation. Uh, because you because the total cost of ownership that total number that ends up on your bill is going to be material right it's a little bit like your council tax bill when they send you the little brochure saying you're paying this much for the police this much for local services etc get that out on the bill uh, 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 look, that's important again to bet you know obviously we're, pro we're we've got an interest here uh you know what we want to see is a competitive vibrant market for energy technology and energy data in the uk Right. We think the way to do that is to make sure the DCC focus on its knitting. Make yep. sure consumers have transparency over what they're paying so they can make choices. Because for businesses, you don't need to you don't need to 
use DCC. There's alternatives. Right. Uh, and we want people to be, we want businesses, small, large and small, and small in particular, to be empowered with that, with that choice. For domestic customers in the UK, there is only one option. You have to have, you know, uh, um, if you're going to have a smart meter, you can reject a meter altogether, but, you know, it's, li it's likely, unlikely there'll be such compelling alternatives. But in the, in the business sector in particular, there's lots of innovation, lots of alternatives, and uh, we'd like to see people being at least able to make a choice and make an informed decision about it. Yeah. So let's wrap up. The, the question, you know, we were discussing, is COVID-19 a, a reset for the UK smart meter programme? For you, it's a very much a yes. Um, how could you, let's try and keep this sort of brief to finish, but is it really a case of bringing that scope in, really looking at the costs and then making sure that other players such as yourself and your competitors are, are given a, a fair sort of opportunity to be, to be innovative and, and involved? Yeah, well, it's exactly that. I think, I think you know, what we, we want to help, you know, put our shoulders to the wheel. Uh, and and we want to we actually think government wants us to do the same, uh, but in order to do that, that you know there does need to be some adjustments here. We think we can be part of the solution by helping get more meters on the wall, yeah. meters that are fit for purpose for more yeah. sophisticated and more complicated customers. Uh, we think that the industry will benefit from transparency, uh, and we'll all benefit from a from a, if we've got a centralised monopoly at the heart of the energy tech industry, then let's be really clear about the scope uh, and let's watch that closely because we want to have more innovation, not less in this country. Uh, and central, centralised monopoly is not going to get you. Uh, it, it's actually, uh, you know, philosophically opposed, frankly, to what we've been doing in the market, in, in, in the market since the nineties. And, you know, actually we've got a vibrant energy system here. Uh, I think we should try and preserve it. And the next way, the next wave of innovation is all about, you know, it's about, it's about data, right? Uh, and data-driven innovation uh, and we should be encouraging fostering innovation in that space and therefore empowering customers with choice marvelous joel i'm going to stop you there that's been fantastic um this has been jeff Caron of energy life news and joel stark of stark discussing uh, the uk smart meter program and is this covid19 situation a, a real opportunity to reset i think the answer is pretty much a yes um I want to say thank you very much, Joel. Be safe, stay safe, uh, family and the team at uh, Start2, and uh, we'll catch you soon again. Thanks, you, you guys too. Take care. You have been listening to a promoted podcast from Energy Live News, where energy is news. <laughs>